welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. I want to thank you for being with us at one of our campuses. This is a bonus sermon, and uh, it goes back to our Follow the Prompt series, and I do want to tell you this, that I'm actually breaking my own rule that I put in place a couple weeks ago. Um, I said I want to do bonus sermons and then not do back-to-back ones on the service because you don't watch online, but I feel like this sermon is way too long, and so I've broken it into two, and so there's going to be a bonus sermon after this sermon. Okay, I know, I, did, I made it two weeks, that's all I made it, which is really, like, this is the fourth and the fifth in the series. I just feel it's too important for us to miss, and I don't want us to miss all the things about hearing the prompts of the Holy Spirit, and uh, so they'll be online, and you'll have to figure out which one to watch, which one you were a part of. Uh, but it, just let me give you a little bit of review, and then we'll jump into it. John 16, 13, it says, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. We believe that the Holy Spirit is here. He's living. He's active, and he is speaking to us, and he's leading us not up to the truth, but into the truth, and the truth becomes part of us, which is so amazing. Uh, We believe that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. We talked in this series through spontaneous thoughts. These thoughts sound like our thoughts, but they are definitely not ours. It sounds like our voice. But the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and prompting you with these things that is an inner voice, and it is distinctly not your voice. It is the voice of the Holy Spirit, and it sounds like, like you. Um, in week three of this, which again, feels like forever ago, but it was only just a, a while ago, um, I read the Bible, and if you missed that week, and I talked about and gave a, a live illustration, it was just, it was, it was more than what I could ask for. It was exactly what I was hoping and praying for, that God would use that moment where I would actually read the Bible and then show you how the Holy Spirit is giving me thoughts and speaking to me and interacting with me as I'm reading the Word of God. It was just, if you didn't see that one, you need to see that and go online and watch that. Uh, Romans 8.14, we also use, we talked about, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And that word led is a living uh, verb. It's an active verb. It means that it's an ongoing thing. It happens every day. It should be very normal. And we talked about the Holy Spirit putting pressure on us and pulling us back and maneuvering us around. And it's very important that you understand that that's the Holy Spirit doing that to you. He's leading and guiding you. And you... You need to realize this, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to every single one of us. It's not just for special people. The Holy Spirit is speaking to every single one of us. In the next two messages, this one and the next one, we're going to look at how to distinguish uh, the voice of the Holy Spirit when it doesn't make sense. When it doesn't make sense, when the prompt 
doesn't make sense. It may be a weird prompt. It may be a huge stretch. It may be way outside your plans or your thoughts. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's going to just tell you to do something. And, and, and you almost in that moment, you start to argue with God. And you're like, I, I don't understand this. I don't get it. And we're going to look at the word here. And then in the next message, look at some uh, examples for it. But this is advanced listening. Okay, this is advanced listening. All throughout the series, I've been trying to get everyone to listen, and we talked about the four chairs. And if you are new to the faith, God is just saying little prompts like, go to church today, get out of bed. You know, uh, he's just telling you like, love one another, listen. And a lot of the early prompts are, no, don't do that. Then as you get a little bit older, he's saying, share, add this to your life. The young adult things are like sacrifice, start to lead. He's saying, uh, it's not about you. These are the prompts that start coming your way. And then the mature ones are these, do the hard thing, love the unlovable, sell all and follow me. These are hard prompts. Let go, change careers. These are hard prompts. Give beyond your means. Do you see what I'm saying? He's like, whoa, walk up to that total stranger and tell them they need to be set free. How many of you better know that's God? Especially if they're all dressed in black. Okay, I'm just saying, you know, you're just, okay. You know, come and die. He's just, he takes you all the way. He says, die to yourself. Live dead. I mean, those are things you better hear the prompt of God. And these are the ones that we struggle with. And I want to just help you out with advanced uh, hearing the voice of God, just to demystify this here and at all of our campuses. It's very important you do this at all the campuses if you're watching this message. Um, what you need, I want you to do this. If you have heard the voice of God, you have heard a prompt, you distinctly know that it was God that told you to go, give, speak up, sell, obey. It, you distinctly know you heard the voice of God and you followed God. Doesn't matter how simple or how complex, all across this place, raise your hand if you know that you heard the voice of God. Right, raise it. Okay, go ahead. At all the campuses. Now, okay, well over two-thirds of the people. Well over two-thirds. Okay, you can put your hands down. All right, and I'm guessing that it's about the same at our campus, which is so encouraging to me, okay? Because I'm always praying that we have mature believers, we have people that are maturing, we have new believers, we have uh, people that are pre-believers, you know? They are uh, trying to figure it out, trying to figure out if they want to be a believer. And so I just want you to grab this and see that this is, is real. It's real. A lot of people are hearing the voice of God, and that is a normal expectation for a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, a couple examples before we dig into the word. Sometimes God will ask you to do a prompt. He'll do, ask you to do something, and it'll be way outside your comfort zone, okay? Jack Hayford is a pastor. He's the guy that wrote the song Majesty. It's kind of dated, but it's very popular. It's one of the most popular songs in the history of the church. Um, so he's a pastor out in California, and just a, a brave man of God. And I was reading his book about uh, gifts of the Spirit and all this. And he talks about one time that the Holy Spirit prompted him while he's sitting on an airplane. And he's sitting there on the airplane and he's talking to this guy. And this guy is from some other culture, you can kind of tell. And he, they start talking. He said, where are you from? And he says the culture. And then God says, speak to him in tongues right now. And he's like, Lord, I am on an airplane. <laughs> and the Lord says, speak to him in tongues right now. And he's like, okay, God, that is really weird. Um, I don't even, I, 
I, he's going to think I'm crazy. Look, now this is Jack Hayford, okay? This is Jack Hayford, man of God, a mentor, amazing prayer guy. Matter of fact, he's leading a prayer retreat that our staff is going to in September. I mean, amazing man of God, incredible. And he's like arguing with God and the Holy Spirit saying, speak to him in tongues. And so he's like, he's going to think I'm crazy. He's like, so here's what he comes up with. He goes, I'm going to tell the guy that I know another language other than English, and I want to know if by chance it's his language, right? So he's thinking, I'll do, I won't say like God said it. I won't just turn to him and speak in tongues. So he's kind of hedging his bet. How many know what I'm talking about, right? And so he's like, hey, uh, you know, I've learned this language. I, I'm not sure what it is. I'm just by chance. Could I try a couple of words on you and see if it's your language by any chance? And the guy's like, sure. And so he starts speaking in tongues to the guy next to him, and the guy's like, and he goes, do you, do, you, do, you, do you, he's like, that's my language. And he goes, like, do that more. And he's like, doing it. And he's like, that's incredible. He's like, you're talking all about God and this stuff. And, and he's like, he's blown away by it. And then Jack's like, okay, I have a confession to make. <laughs> like, that's tongues. And the Lord gave me that prayer language. And he told me to do that. And he like, really must want to get your attention. And they're having this total God moment on the airplane. All right. How many know sometimes when God tells you to do it, you're like, what will they think of me? What are they going to think? I don't know. I mean, okay, I could tell you another one that was with me. When God uh, told me to go multi-site, I'm in prayer, and we were either going to build a really big building in Apple Valley, not even as big as we're planning to build, but I'm talking like 3,000 seats, you know, sell the building, move to a big plot of land, do something like that. God said, you're going to go multi-site, and in a couple days, somebody's going to give you a building. Okay, so I felt that very clear, feel that prompt. I came back and told the staff, I said, God told me that we're going multi-site, and somebody's going to give us a building. I know it sounds crazy, but a church is going to give us a building. Three days later, I get a call, and uh, our superintendent says, have you ever thought about going multi-site? I said, yes, we have. He said, <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. He goes, well, there's a church that wants to give away their building. I'm like, are you kidding me? Okay, to show you how detailed it was, I had taken a map of Minnesota and put post-it notes on that map. And one of them was on the city of Faribault. Now, I had never been to Faribault, didn't even see this place before, okay? And I had put a post-it note there, feeling the direction and leading of God for Faribault. And he goes, well, the church is in Faribault, and they want to give you the building. I'm like, that's amazing. So I go down there to the meeting, and as I walk into the meeting, now, God's already been prompting me all along the way. I walk into the meeting, and I walk into Faribault campus, and God says, tell them that on your driver's license that you're a donor, you're an organ donor. I'm like, okay, I know the prompts of God. That is weird. That's weird. That's just weird. And I'm thinking, I don't know, Lord. Uh, okay. And the meeting's about to start. And so I'm doing the meeting. And then this guy stands up in the back. There's 40 people there. They've got to decide to give us the building. And he goes, hey, our building is worth almost a million dollars. He goes, what's your motive? And he goes, why do you want this? And I go, I get it. I get it. When I walked in your church, I said, God told me that, to tell you that I'm an organ donor, that on my driver's license... It says I'm an organ donor. If I'm dying, take everything I have. Don't bury my eyes, my kidneys, my lung. Don't bury a bone if it'll save somebody's life. And I've decided that if I'm on the way down, I want to give everything I have to the living. I said, this church can now take this building and instead of refinancing and turning it into an art center or selling it for home developments or whatever, you could take this building, give it to a life-giving church. You could be an organ donor. And we pledge as River Valley Church to take this building and reach this city for Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, the guy that was all angry goes, I think we should vote right now, you know. <laughs> 
And they voted overwhelmingly. So that's how we got started on multi-site. And now a church that was 40, that could even pay the bills, that had garbage in the basement. If you remember back in those days, there were no kids in the church. Now it has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people showing up every weekend, having huge impact on the local high schools. Over 100 kids showing up on Wednesday night just for the youth group alone, all because God gave a word and then gave a word and a prompt was followed. I mean, that's just just amazing. We use that same exact word because I didn't feel like it ended there. I felt like it, it rolled over to Minatrista campus and you got in on that. I just followed the prompt and I said, this is the same thing. It was down to 12 people. And the other day they had about 600 people for the grand opening of the new building. I mean, this is just going on and on and on. It's incredible. I haven't even got out of my intro yet. So maybe it's three sermons. All right. Okay, just two more real quick. This one is not in our church, but it's in the news. This one perplexes me. Um, I don't know this guy, and so I'm just going to tell you why it perplexes me. His name is Adam, and he played for San Diego State. He's running back and uh, was going to probably get drafted in the NFL, but then he didn't show up for the combine, which is where they kind of grade you. And he said, God told me not to show up, and then the Seahawks would draft me, and I'd be on their team. And he was like, okay, you're supposed to show up. Well, then a couple days later, he's like, God told me I'm not playing football anymore, so see you later. And the whole world's like, what? you signed up to go, and then you didn't, and then, so maybe he's right, maybe he's not. Maybe there's a lot of confusion in the world. Maybe he's going to be an amazing missionary. I don't know, but I don't know all the details on it, but I know the world's looking at it like, why did God like, give you peace to sign up, then peace to go, then you said the Seahawks, then not the Seahawks? Do you see what I'm saying? A little perplexing. And so that one's in the to-be-continued category, okay? But this one is definitely in the she did not hear from God. Stephanie Heyman uh, was a young lady that a couple weeks ago, she said God told her to go into the church, and the church was locked. It wasn't in Minnesota. It was another state. And so she drove her car through the front doors of the church, so she said, God said to go inside, and I couldn't get in, so I slammed the car through, okay? Then she was up there laying on the altar, and her husband came to check on her, and she had a kitchen knife with her, and she stabbed him because God said she was supposed to stab him because he worships NASCAR, okay? And then she said, now, just so you know, God speaks to me a lot, and she said, I do smoke a lot of weed, you think? Okay, you know, okay, okay, you know. Okay, not God. Not God. Not God. Okay. Now, that's pretty obvious, but how many times do you think God is, because I, I, I know God's in heaven going, I didn't say that, I didn't say that, I didn't say that, I didn't authorize her. She's an unauthorized quoter, okay? You know, she's, okay. But how many times do you think God is saying about us, I didn't say that, I didn't say, don't use God. Uh, this is supernatural, this is spiritual. There should be a little bit of awe, a lot of awe, really. Of like, man, I don't want to mess this up. I better be sure. And so in the next time, we're going to get to the things that be really sure. Okay, a couple examples from the Bible um, that, that God gave us to show us how he speaks to people. Acts chapter 9, Saul. Saul is out killing Christians. In Acts chapter 9, he's killing Christians. He's upset with it. He's, he's, he's upset that they've defected from the Jewish faith, and they're now becoming Christ followers. And he's on his way to Damascus. And on his way to Damascus to go and arrest Christians and kill them and to imprison them or do whatever he can, on his way there, Jesus appears to him. Jesus appears to him in a bright light, and the Bible says it knocks him off his donkey. Like, he is knocked off, and he's, like, blind. He, he is interacting with God. 
And Jesus is like, why are you fighting with me? Why are you fighting against me? This is me. I'm the one, and you are fighting against God. And so he's dialoguing with Jesus, and it's an amazing thing. In, in chapter 9, verses 7 through 9, it says, The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Now here's where it gets interesting. In verse 10, it says, in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called uh, to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus. His name is Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Uh, Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he's done to your uh, holy people in Jerusalem. And he's come here with authority and from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, he has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up, was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Now, the amazing thing is the prompt that is going on with a man named Ananias. Now, think of the worst possible person on this planet that is evil and mean. What if God said to you right now, I've called you to go in to North Korea. I've called you to go into Iraq. I've called you to go in to the hardest spot, right? You're going to go to a tribe in Afghanistan, and there's a guy there that I have chosen to be a, a minister to Islam. He's going to minister to the Muslims, and you're going. You're like, okay, God, did you know, like, there's a travel alert to Afghanistan, you know, like, there's a travel, you can't go there, you know, you, I, I, don't, I don't even think I can get a visa, you know, how many know, you just, okay, but I just want to let you know. Here's the thing you've got to understand. God said to Ananias, I've been working. I, I got him here, and here's, this, here's the plan. And, and I can guarantee you this. If God gives you a prompt that's way outside your comfort level, be assured he is working behind the scenes. God is preparing way before. He just brought you into the story now. The story's been going on a long time before you ever got there. Okay? So you can be assured of that. Now, it's interesting. Ananias wants clarification. He wants clarification, like, okay, God, because he's a killer, and he has authority, and he's imprisoning, and, and I just, I, could you give me a little insight? Now, here's the interesting thing. Uh, when the prompts are weird, you will want clarification, but obedience must be given. You will want clarification, but obedience must be given. And I can tell you this, I know that Ananias was going to obey because it says the Lord called to him in a vision in verse 10, and he said, yes, Lord. He just said, yes, Lord. There was no like, uh, is that you, God? It was, yes, Lord. I know that voice, I know. And I believe that he was just trying to get some clarification. I think he was trying to figure out, like, am I going to be a martyr? Is that the plan? Do I have prison ministry in my future? Could you just let me know where this is going, okay? How many know you're wondering, where's my future going, okay? 
And God's like, here it is. Here it is. Now, interesting, God doesn't always give clarification. We always want it, but obedience must be given. I don't have time to go into this all the way, but I just want to let you know. I got an email from a young man in our youth group. And he said, I came to the Everyone Conference, and Pastor Justin, our family ministries pastor, said, there's somebody here with a very serious leg injury to your right leg, and God wants to heal you. And this young man tells me that he said he was snowboarding a couple days before. He just devastated his leg. He was limping. He was in great pain. Didn't even want to come to the conference. And Pastor Justin's like, is there somebody here? God wants to heal you. person didn't come. And he says, I didn't want to go. I felt afraid. I didn't know what to do. So he said, okay, I'm just supposed to pray for you, and God's going to heal you. And so he prays. God heals him. Okay? So then this guy doesn't come forward. He gets healed. He's like jumping up and down in youth group like, I got healed. And then finally, he sends the email to say it. Now, how many know that Pastor Justin the whole time is like, Lord, can I get some clarification on that? Like, I kind of look like a goofball to all the youth group, Okay? You know, could you clarify? And then finally, it comes in later, and this young man's like, wow, wow, I didn't know. And even quotes like an earlier sermon, he says, the child, young adult believer really didn't want to go. And he says, but the mature one that's growing, he's like, I'm following the prompt, okay? So we all want clarification, and sometimes he doesn't give it to you, but I thank God that he gave it to Ananias, okay? Now, he said, yes, Lord. He said, yes, Lord, and that's our answer when God gives us a prompt. And I just want to go on a rant for just a second. I'm, I'm very disappointed when we say, yes, boss, but we say, maybe, Lord. I feel like this culture says, well, my company told me to travel. My company told me to move. My company told me to do this. My company told me to do this. And we're like, snap to it. Or the hockey coach or the basketball coach or the whatever. They said we had to be there. So we say, yes, coach. But then when it's God's price, okay, you say, well, that's my boss. Well, that's your God. It's your God. God is asking you to do something, and we say, maybe, and we're like, yes, boss, yes, coach, yes. Okay, so there's my little rant. All right, all right. Here's the note I wrote down. Don't be a top performer at work and a slacker for God. Your boss says, oh, you always do everything we say. But when God says, well, you do nothing, I say. Follow the prompt. Paul goes on to be the greatest missionary apostle. None of us could keep up with him. And Ananias is out of the picture, but he followed the prompt, and that key moment was his moment. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Acts chapter 10. Peter. Peter is in Joppa, which is now modern-day Tel Aviv. And if you ever go on one of our global teams to Israel, you'll actually be able to see the spot that he was. Simon the Tanner's house, okay? He's there praying. God speaks to him. He's up on the sun deck just chilling, and God speaks to him. And it's amazing because it appears that he basically saw the very first movie. It says, a sheet descended from heaven, and I saw pictures on it, huh? So he's like, I wonder if it was like Omnitheater. Okay, he's like, I see this thing, and he's like, he sees these animals, and God says, get up and eat that. He goes, no, Lord, I can't do that. Second time, God says, okay, movie, get up and eat those. He's like, no, we're forbidden to eat those. Third time, God, I, I, I don't get it. I don't, get, I don't understand what you're prompting me. And the Lord says, hey, what I've made clean is clean. Don't call it unclean anymore. I've got something going on here. Matter of fact, right now, there's going to be some guys knocking on your door to come talk to you because I've got a plan for you right now with a guy named Cornelius in Caesarea. I mean, can you imagine that? That's a cool prompt. And all of a sudden, Peter goes out. What do you get? I'm the guy. I'm the one you're looking for. From there, he goes to Cornelius' house. This is amazing. He goes to Cornelius' house, which is way outside their rules. It's outside the rules, but it's not outside God's plan. 
And all of a sudden, as he's speaking to them, he's kind of sharing with them about what Jesus has done and how amazing Jesus is. Boom! The Holy Spirit pours out on them, and they start getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. They start speaking in tongues. It's amazing. And Peter's like, this is incredible. This is God. This is, okay, that prompt. And now you see how it's all making sense. But we look at it and go, that's so cool. But this was way, way, way outside of his comfort zone. So much so that when he goes back to the church, they're like, they're like wait a minute. Why did you go to Cornelius' house? What? And he's like, hey, hey, I was just following the prompt of God, and then God poured out his spirit on them, and they started speaking in tongues, and, they were, and God let them in, so who was I to stand against God? Okay? So if you can track, this whole thing is just amazing that's going on, and he's like, I, I've got this prompt. It doesn't make sense. It's outside my normal. It's outside my comfort level, but I'm following the prompt of God, and I'm going to go reach a people that I didn't feel a comfort for before. You know, when I was at our Faribault campus with our special uh, state of the campus meeting, they were saying, God is bringing all sorts of smallies into our community. What are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? Some expressed fear, some expressed joy. They didn't know how to do that. They said, what if God's bringing them here to help us uh, reach them? What if we're supposed to follow the prompt here? What if we're supposed to be the ones that befriend them in this community and the, the thing? And, and some were like, oh, I could feel the struggle. I could feel it going on. If God calls you to reach a people group that, he, that was never in your comfort zone, follow the prompt. Follow the prompt. Peter did it. Others have done it over and over and over again. One more, Acts 13. This is a big call. Do you go? Do you sell? Do you go to missions? It's all throughout the Bible. It's all throughout today. In Acts chapter 13, 1 through 3, it says, Now the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Manan, uh, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. They sent them off. Here they are. They're involved in the things of God. These uh, men of God are involved in the things of God. They're in church. They're worshiping. They're praying. They're fasting. And the Holy Spirit says, set apart two people that I've already been working with. See, they were already faithful working. And the Holy Spirit says, all right, set them apart. I've got something special for them to do. And sometimes God calls people within a local body, and he says, I've set them apart. I set them apart. And then all of a sudden, here's what happens. The church confirms that. In the next sermon, I'm going to talk about that more. The church confirms this and does set them apart. And I want to let you know that if you're following the call of God and you're saying, I'm going to go into full-time ministry or the mission field like the Kramers or the Prince family or uh, Don and Don, and they went and they followed the call, you're involved in that community. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit is working on you. You've been active, and all of them have been extremely active in the church. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, I've separated you. And then it's confirmed by the church, and the church in prayer and fasting, and all this goes on, and, and then they... Say, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to set you apart. We're going to do this. And there's an agreement that's going on. God calls people in community. I want you to know that. He calls people in community. And I can tell you this. If you're wondering if God's calling you, we want you to talk to us as your pastors because we're praying for 100. I prayed for 100 families to answer the call, and then I'll let you know that a missionary upped the ante to 500. We were at a, a tomb of a famous, famous missionary in Egypt, and um, 
We paid, it's a long story, but we paid $500 to restore this guy's grave to make good on a promise by another Christian, and we did it. And then the missionary said, I'm praying that River Valley raises up 500 missionaries, one for every dollar, to restore this great missionary's grave. And I was like, wow, I've been praying for 100. That was really bold, and, and now we're 500, okay? But if that's the case, that means God's gonna start speaking to you, Okay? If that's the case, that means church growth is going to happen here. We're going to need 24 campuses because I just envision the millions and millions of dollars that are going to be raised through Kingdom Builders and Global Project and the going and sending. And if we're going to lay hands on and commission and send and be generous supporters, do you get this? Is just So this fires me up. This is the way God does it. He did it in Acts 13, and he's still doing it today. He sends people that are already following. He, he speaks to us when we set apart time to listen. We do that at the beginning of the year. We have special prayer emphasis. The Spirit's timing is essential. Again, I'll talk about that next service. The Spirit's timing is essential. Sometimes we want it now, and God's like, wait, wait, wait. And then the Holy Spirit moves in this community. We've got Saul, we've got Peter, we've got Paul, who really is Saul with the name change, and Barnabas. We got the Holy Spirit speaking to the church, and this is when the church was just getting started, and I don't believe it's changed at all. He's doing the same thing today. He's doing the same thing today. And I want us to follow the prompt and be open. Okay, God, we see that you do this. We see that you do this. Now help us to know how to discern if it's you. And I don't mean to set it up that you have to watch the next sermon and be a part of it, but you do. And... Um, Man, this is so, it's so critical. It's so, do you understand? This is so critical to your walk with God. It's so critical that we hear the voice of the, of the Holy Spirit and learn how to discern that so that we can move forward with every, whatever he's called us to do. So let's do that. Let's just believe. God, we just know you're going to speak to us. We know you're going to speak to people in this church. And right now, as we close out this service, here's what we want to focus on. Somewhere between 100 or 500 missionaries being raised up out of this church 100 families 100 missionaries 500 missionaries lord if that was prompted by the holy spirit at that grave of that famous missionary then so be it may your church grow large enough to support and send 500 but regardless lord we know for a fact that you spoke to us here our elders our church 100 100 100 so let's get there and we'll keep going we won't stop we won't stop until you say time's up. But God, we pray right now that you'd speak to us. Many uh, will go, many will go, but more will stay and fuel them and be home missionaries fueling them. And so whatever you're speaking to us, let us be obedient to that. Some are gonna go, some are gonna stay, some are gonna start new businesses to leverage their resources for the kingdom of God. They are gonna send millions of dollars to send missionaries that have followed the prompt. How sad to have missionaries that have followed the prompt couldn't get funded. They couldn't get the money. So God, give us creative ideas to raise money, to follow the prompt, to listen to your voice. And we want to be senders. We want to be goers. We want to be obedient to follow the prompt. Every campus will be included. Every family included will be goers or givers. And we will follow whatever prompt you speak to us, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You haven't stopped speaking, and we say, speak to me, because I'm ready to do whatever you say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Love you, church.